You're listening to The Counseling Clinic with Aisha G. And Lisa Michelle, the show for up-and-coming mental health professionals, advocates, and anyone else who wants to learn more about the mental health field from two not-so-professional professionals. Hello, folks. Hey, guys. Welcome. Welcome back. Um, welcome if you're a newcomer. Welcome to our season finale. We made it a whole season People are listening. Yay. Don't know why. <laughs> Don't know why. Who y'all love? Why y'all listening to us? But thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. It's been, I mean, we've had a good time. I don't know about y'all, but. Right. Uh, we've had such a great time. We had a ton of fun. <laughs> uh, we've enjoyed seeing um, people who are, are listening and, um, you know, downloading episodes and getting engaged. So we really um, have enjoyed it. We're really thankful for y'all that we can do this. Right. So in this finale, we are going to talk about um, the current pandemic that we are facing, which is coronavirus and COVID-19. But we're not going to talk to y'all about the actual virus itself because really, that really don't have nothing to do with us. Uh, but but what does have to do with us as mental health professionals is the resilience that we've seen. And so that's what we want to talk about in today's episode. And we hope that you find that useful information, but also comforting, right? Because it's a pandemic. And so people are, are experiencing stress and worries and all that good stuff. And so hopefully you find some comfort in the resilience that we'll talk about today. So Michelle, do you want to start off with talking about some of like our past history and our past history? <laughs> so do you want to start off talking about some of our history and uh, some of the resilience that we've seen in the past? Sure. Okay. So we know from the past when major, whether it's natural disasters or political events or anything like that has happened, groups of people often find ways to help to be resilient. You know, looking at after the wars um, in past years, you had women during and after World War II stepping up not only into the workforce, but stepping up in Mm -hmm. manufacturing. I mean, working on, Right. I I don't want to say construction, but kind of. That's a place women weren't before that. Well, and not only that, but they also stepped up in their own roles, right? Because their roles got bigger. So like they were in the home, but also the money that comes into the home is a part of the home. And so now they have to go out of the home and make the money, but also bring it back (laughs) into the home and do everything that's there. So that's resilience, but also it's stepping way up. Right. Right. And then natural disasters, you know, we talked about that. You know, after Hurricane Katrina, you had not only some of the biggest amounts of people donating and funding and then coming to give relief, but wasn't it Tide that came out and washed clothes? Was it Tide? Yes, I will always love Tide for that because one of the things that's difficult for me, and I know other people like it, but I I don't particularly like when companies use me to say that they'll donate to something or that they'll do something. So like, if you do this, then Mm, we'll do this. Well, why can't you just do it? And (laughs) I feel like with Tide, they were always there washing people's clothes. Like they didn't ask us for help. They didn't say, hey guys, go ahead and buy 4,000 Tide boxes and and we'll donate two Tide boxes, you know? Well, and then too, that's something... they've done I mean I I mentioned Katrina just because you know it's something we remember and we're around but 
and were directly affected by. Right. Uh, but they've done that after other natural uh, disasters and events. So it's things like that, even corporations becoming uh, or showing resiliency mm-hmm. through, you know, major events. However, so all of that is, is great and wonderful and we're proud of it. Mm-hmm. But COVID has been different or is different because it's global. Right. This is the first time we're really seeing something that has affected everybody in some kind of way. And so we still see corporations donating, yes, but also just showing resiliency and making things open to other people, mm-hmm. which has been a beautiful thing out of uh, such a awful and terrible event that's been going on. Right. So a lot of times I think that what happens is people are well-intentioned and again, going back like through the whole season, we've talked about communicating the way we use words, the way we explain things. And I feel like, again, resiliency is one of those things that, uh, one of those words that people don't necessarily throw it around, but I feel like they use it to give more hope, but it's not always accurate the way that it's used, right? So like, for example, um, like with Katrina, I feel like all I've seen specifically in New Orleans, uh, uh, in Louisiana, when I'm in Louisiana, I feel like there's a lot of commercials about and a lot of communication about how resilient Louisiana is and how resilient the people are, which is a nice thing to say. However, uh, (laughs) it's it's not 100% accurate, right? Because a lot of what happened during Katrina, a lot of people didn't bounce back from that, which is the definition of resiliency. A lot of people did not come to help, but they came for capitalism, um, which is... the opposite of, of resiliency, right? They didn't, they weren't there to help. They were there to capitalize, which is fine, right? People can do whatever they want to. They have a right to do that. That's not the problem. The issue is calling it resiliency when it's not the same thing. And so I feel like it's important to talk about that because in specifically in this episode, but also just when talking about resilience in general, I think that the key to resilience is being truthful, right? Being honest and being straightforward about that because that's what allows people to be resilient, to step up and to see what needs to be done and to actually engage in it. I think when we call stuff resilient that's not, then I feel like those falsehoods hinder resiliency because they take away people's opportunity to grow, right? They take away the opportunity for you to actually see where you are, to evaluate, and to do what needs to be done to step up to the plate, right? So to me, that's important. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned earlier, you know, we talked throughout this whole season, partly because you and I talk about it just about every single time we have a conversation, (laughs) that you have to know what the words that you're using mean, right. right? And like you mentioned, you know, with falsehoods keep you from growing. They also... They do. They they do. But, you know, so what happens if, if you've built what you think is your resiliency based off something that's not true, mm-hmm. when the going gets tough, you're not... You may not know what to do. Right. And it's right. that and hitting that wall. 
No, right? absolutely. That's not fair to people because they didn't know that they weren't growing because you told them they were, <laughs> you know? And that, that's not okay. Yeah. That's not their fault. It's not that they didn't try to grow. It's just that they were lied to, which, <laughs> you know? Which often leads to lying to yourself. You know, if someone's lying to you right. about something so beautiful and important as growth, you're then going to lie to yourself about it, which right. is sad and unfortunate. Um, right. And again... It's fine that that's well-intentioned, right? It's fine that that's well-intentioned. Nobody is saying that you have to berate people when they're not growing, right? That's not what we're talking about. Please don't do that. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is being truthful to promote growth. Remember in the self-care episode, I talked about how there's a difference between self-evaluation and negative self-talk. Those are different, right? Part of your positive self-talk is (laughs) self-evaluation, right? Like when they tell you, um, instead of saying, I'm the worst person in the world, you say, well, I did a bad thing. Next time I won't do that, right? That's (laughs) self-evaluation. Right. But even, you know, even if you're not talking to yourself, if you're talking to somebody else, or if somebody is talking to you, right, it's important to keep that avenue of honesty open so that people have the opportunity to grow, right? Because you don't want to take that away from them. Right, right. So on that note, kind of, kind of that note, um, we're talking about resiliency during the coronavirus and, and this pandemic. Aisha, do you want to jump into the one of the first examples we've we've looked into or that we've seen? Yeah. So one of the things that I thought was really cool that I saw on CNN, and I guess I have to say I saw it on Twitter, which is not exactly true. Uh, <laughs> it's not exactly true. It's more of like Twitter sends me these random notifications because I never use it. But... I was grateful because it reiterated this statistic to me that global carbon emission is down by 17% daily. Dang. Um, Right, which is big, right? Again, like I said, I saw that on numerous places on Twitter and also from CNN. So I don't know directly where the stats come from. You can look those up yourself if you feel so inclined. (laughs) Um, But, you know, regardless to where you fall or how you think about things, I think we can agree that pollution is not great. Right. So any any decrease in it. Right. Less of it is obviously better. Right. (laughs) So I think that's a great thing. Absolutely. And the carbon emission going down, um, I think that that shows like global resiliency because it kind of shows that most people are doing their part, right? People are trying to stay inside. People are trying to minimize the spread of the virus, right? So I think that that's like an example of global resiliency and people trying to fix or help, right? Yeah. And what a beautiful thing in that they were trying to be resilient in this way and then also like the side effect of that resiliency was right, this, you know. Right. I love and that. And I think that we've seen our planet be resilient, but also even when you're being resilient, you know, you can always use the help, right? And so people yeah. are helping the planet to continue being resilient. So I think that's nice. I think that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another is something I think we've all kind of seen uh, or maybe even have been a part of mm-hmm. is... Um, 
making the the PPE and ventilators at home or for work or however you're you know doing that. I know people who are making masks and giving them away or selling mm-hmm. them or, or you know at lower cost or what have you. Right. Companies are providing funding for manufacturers, you know. Right, right. And then also, like, I know there are several universities that have engaged in creating PPE. Um, I know that LSU has turned their uh, basketball gym into a factory to make PPE. Um, That's so crazy. I know. I think, like, that is so... I think that's cool and really, really nice. Like, that, that makes me feel hopeful. And also, one of the things that I thought was really cool was people making, um, masks from 3D printers. I thought that was cool, too. Yes. Yes. I thought that was cool, too. I think that's awesome. Yeah. What great timing in that 3D printers came on the scene (laughs) just before, you know what I mean? Like, 10, 15 years ago, that wouldn't have been an option. So then, also, people are making ventilators somewhere in the Northeast. I don't want to get the place wrong, but somewhere in the Northeast, um, somebody made a ventilator from breast pumps. Uh, yeah, which was really cool. In Mississippi, somebody made a ventilator from lawn material and and made it gasoline powered. Which personally, I All don't right. want gasoline powered <laughs> stuff in the in the hospital. However, but um, what, what the resiliency do, is there. You know, I think Absolutely. that I think that that still shows effort, right? A will and a way. So I think yeah. that that counts too. Yeah. So then another one, I don't know how much attention you've paid, but with stuff being closed down, then obviously farmers are having a harder time, right? So because there is a surplus in crops, right, and dairy products and all of this stuff, right, they have too much to Mm -hmm. hold on to. And while they can give some of it away, they also can't give all of it away, which is unfortunate, but you have to be able to see the whole picture, right? Because it's a lot of stuff and that stuff requires transportation, right? To be to be able to give it away and to donate it to places. So they, they can't give all of it away, which is unfortunate again, because people need food, right? So we would want to be right. able to save that, but also it's still their livelihoods, right? It's, I mean, you, you can't tell them to work for free, you know, that's not okay. Um, <laughs> but, right. you know, they've been having to waste a lot of their crops and their produce and all of that stuff, which is definitely hurting the farming community. And so one farmer decided to reach out to his community and ask them to buy milk directly from him. Um, so that he wouldn't have to throw everything out. So there's resilience on his side. The other side of the resilience was the community coming together to actually buy the milk from him. So to keep their community afloat, they did that to help him, which I thought was such a beautiful story. And then the result of that was that he was able to buy a bigger, oh, what is it called? I forgot the word, like a, a filter to, to clean the milk. So he was able to buy a, oh, yeah. a, a new one, which was bigger and better. And, and so now the community is able to like get their, their milk directly from him regularly. So instead of him That's going out of business as a farmer or having to lose a lot of stuff, he was able to still do that. And I thought that was such a beautiful community story. I love that. I didn't know the thing at the end. Of yeah. He was able to, yeah, I love that. Yeah. 
And I don't remember where he was either. I don't remember where his farm is. I know that there were a lot of stories about farms in um mm-hmm. in Florida that I saw, but I don't remember where this particular farmer was from. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so another type of resilience that we've seen or another example of resilience has been uh, students and people helping students from the class of 2020. And I have some thoughts about that. (laughs) Um, I have some thoughts, but I really have been happy to see people push through. Like one of my favorite things is seeing the virtual primes and the reason that's one of my favorite things is because like when when we first were quarantined, uh, my husband DJs for fun, right? So when we first were quarantined, we were talking about like the seniors and their prime and how they could just have virtual primes. But I don't know how well you guys have gotten to know me over the season, but I don't like to stand in the way of people's resilience, right? So I didn't want to tell people to do that. I wanted to see the 2020 students be innovative, right? Because we know because of our generations episode, right? (laughs) We know that they are innovative. Um, And I wanted to give them a chance to let that come through. Um, And I'm saying that because I directly work with them. So that's why I'm saying that I wanted to give them the opportunity. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I thought seeing the virtual primes were really cool. Also, the nationwide graduation celebration was really nice. Yeah, that was I really enjoyed it. I thought I was gonna hate it. But I really, really enjoyed it. (laughs) I did. I did. I did think I was gonna hate it. Sorry. It's it's been a really beautiful thing to mm-hmm. see people come together and support not only each other, but even just target certain groups like high school seniors right. or college graduates. Um, right. I, I knew a lot of friends who... I didn't see a lot of who, stuff up for, about the college graduates, but... Yeah. I've seen... I have some friends who graduated with like their master's or their bachelor's. I knew some people graduate in med school and stuff and how their families still tried really hard to celebrate them that's and do really things for them. Nice. It was really sweet. Yeah, that's really um, nice. It was really cute. So... That, you know, you mentioned something earlier that brought you hope, and that's what's brought me hope, is that people are still trying to remind other people, hey, we're here, and we care for you. Right, right. I think that's really nice. One thing I've kind of taken note of and seen a lot more of has been stuff in the media. Y'all know I'm always trying to bring up the media. (laughs) Um, But Amazon Prime has a show out called Regular Heroes, where they're spotlighting different men and women um, in different jobs and how they are being resilient uh, in the midst of all of this. And at first I was really skeptical to watch that show. I'm telling you. I just, <laughs> I, I just well, I didn't, I, I'm not here for cheesy things and I, that sounds mm-hmm. really mean, but I'm just, you know, I, it's the whole thing. Anyway, um, I was nervous about that, but you know, they didn't pick kind of the jobs that you hear about most right now. Mm-hmm. They were picking like one is on an EMT, one's on a grocery store owner, one is the person who manages like stocking products in hospitals. So like equipment and different things. Mm-hmm. In anyway, they they cover a lot of good stuff, but they also show how to support them and what's going on with that. There have been a lot of podcasts on not only the virus itself, but how to find rest and find joy in the midst of all of this mm-hmm. people are going out for walks more um yeah, yeah we are which that's <laughs> us too let me tell you um but you know that's showing hope 
um, and resilient. And I love it. I think it's so comforting. I love that too. Yeah. Like you said, uh, you didn't want it to be cheesy. That's for me, it was more about like, I didn't want it to be something that was supposed to inspire hope, but really get in the way of resiliency. Um, And and that was the concern for me. And I think that I've seen that a lot with like high school seniors. I feel like as adults, we have been so concerned about protecting the students from certain things or being sad for for them um, (laughs) that I feel like we kind of gotten a way to be resilient um and so that's why I really enjoyed the graduation celebration because I feel like most of the people talked about moving forward about taking charge and you know making good decisions and and how this is not the end right Right. things happen and it's unfortunate but you have shown resiliency right um I was really proud of that So another positive or kind of a message of hope is there are several countries that have done what's now, what's kind of, I guess it's not really being called this, but it's like a proactive testing kind of deal to minimize their cases of of COVID-19 and coronavirus. Specifically, Australia was one of them. South Korea was one. Germany was one. And so I thought that that was good, too. You know, it's, I mean, it's always hopeful to know that the people in charge are doing their best to take care of you, right? So I thought that was good. And then also a lot of the, or a couple of, I know specifically Harvard and Yale. I don't remember if if any others are, but, you know, Harvard and Yale and some of the Ivy League schools have been offering free courses, which is wonderful, right? I was pretty disappointed that I didn't see any mental health courses, Um, but... Remember that I. What can you do? I specifically said that I did not see them. Um, that doesn't mean that That's they fair. weren't there, and that doesn't mean that there's nothing offered that could be beneficial to mental health professionals or anybody in the psychology field. So right. there's that, but I didn't see any specific courses available. Okay, but speaking of mental health, during the midst of all of these things. <laughs> Um, what a segue, let me tell you. Right. Um, we know that more people are now attending therapy. Um, Way to granted, go. it's Get that therapy, almost, <laughs> it's almost predominantly virtual. Um, but I mean, shoot, let's take what we can get. Right. right. Um, so we'll link an article, but business insider talks about how there's been a, a huge improvement. I say improvement a huge growth mm-hmm. of the numbers um, of people at least attending one oh, session like spike, or more right? spike. Dang, there we go. <laughs> um, but, and then some are still going in person. Um, but again, for the most part, it's been virtual, which is, you know, we've talked about in a past episode, we're going to talk, we we're going to revisit in another episode in the future, but um, telehealth has been coming up the last couple of years or so, mm-hmm. but now it's, going to be part of the norm, you know, because of all of this. And and again, people are taking advantage of it. I mean, if you are trying to be resilient in yourself, by yourself, why would we not applaud that? Right, right. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And especially because, you know, we always need somebody to blame, right? So there's all these conversations about people's mental health is suffering. You know, the mental health, people people have anxiety and depression, you know, so... But there's nothing anybody can do about your anxiety or depression if you don't seek out help, right? So be resilient for yourself. For sure. And it's now becoming, I don't want to say it's being blasted everywhere, but that's also something that other companies are doing is that they are making it more accessible. I feel that every single podcast I listen to right now, Mm -hmm. one of the ads is of a platform for telehealth somehow nice you know what Um, i would like to see data on i would be interested to see if like so like within the last couple of years a lot of companies started offering eaps right employee assistance mm -hmm. programs um so i wonder if the use of that service specifically went up or if they hadn't tracked that Mm. specific area of it right yeah like we know that people are seeking more counseling but I wonder if they're using the EAP service mall. That's a really interesting thought. Yeah, I just wonder. So, folks, that is most of the stuff that we saw that made us see resilience during this pandemic. So... That's all we have for you today. Remember, we'll be back in two weeks because this is our season finale. Um, Please come back. Like I said, I don't know why y'all listening, but I am so grateful. (laughs) I am so grateful and we hope that you will be back with us. Season two is going to be killer. So definitely come back. Um, and also let us know what kind of acts of resilience you have seen, how you've encouraged resilience in others and how you have been resilient for yourself. We'd love to know those things. So definitely share that with us. So let us know your thoughts and your experiences, not only with in the COVID situation, um, but how things have been for you, even just while you're at home, even in the, the time of being quarantined oh that's a good one too i like that one and then we'll leave you with you know remember to practice hygiene right regular good old hygiene wash your hands the right way (laughs) you know wash your hands for 20 seconds that's always been the rule it's not new because of the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) we did not just come up with that (laughs) i sang songs to elementary kids to Yes. When I had therapy groups, I would sing songs so they wouldn't know how long to wash their hands. You can do that too. It's fine if you're an adult. Um, so wash your hands for 20 seconds. Cover your sneezes and coughs. Wear a mask if you go outside, around people, and or stand six feet away from people. So yeah, y'all just don't stand up all up on each other and follow these other tips and then you should be hopefully okay. Right. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you in two weeks. See you then. I'm out of water. I'm devastated. (laughs) Resilient. Resilient. Right. Thanks for listening to The Counseling Clinic with Aisha Jane and Lisa Michelle. Remember to check out our website at thecounselingclinicpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at thecounselingclinicpodcast. We'll see you guys next week for our next session.
edited and produced by Chris Luke.